0: You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Happy Monday, everybody, and welcome in to another edition of the Locked On Pacers podcast, where we, of course, talk about the Indiana Pacers, as always. My name's Tony East. I cover the team for Forbes in the West Side Community News, and today... We are finally going to do something we talked about doing for probably like six shows in a row now. We're going to grade the Pacers offseason. We're going to go move by move and grade them all individually. And then we're going to zoom out as a whole and say what grade do we give them and why. It's very fun. It kind of gives me a more holistic view of what's happening. And, of course, join me on the line to do that because I can't just yell into a microphone about my own grades. We have to debate this. Mr. Adam Friedman, former Andy Corners writer, extraordinaire Adam. How are you doing? Doing pretty well. How are you? Uh I'm doing well. I didn't have to work this weekend and you did. So I'm probably that's, doing better than you, I would say. Uh, uh, yeah. You know, it's always my uh, duty calls, I guess. In terms of podcast stuff, I want to do some two admin notes really quickly. Uh, one is scheduling for us. The Pacers are reportedly about to sign their second two-way guide, Jean Giroux. Uh, we'll break that down next Monday, I believe. Hopefully it becomes official by then. If that's the case, reported by Scott Agnes at Fieldhouse Files. Go check that out if you want. And then also the schedule for the Pacers. Uh, came out last Friday. We'll do our normal schedule preview show in probably about two weeks uh, once we get through some other uh, Pacers topics. Let it be that, known uh, that I uh, beat you
0: last year in our preseason schedule picking, right? You did.
1: See, just running through the schedule and doing the preview, probably not the most interesting show ever, but using it all season long is why it has value to us to see like, what's going yeah, what did change. it?
0: Uh, let's see. I'm going go to go our federal question. No, who, who finished with what? I got 43 right, and you got 40 right. You no, know, you got 45 right. I oh, got, got 45 80, right. I'm sorry. I predicted yeah. they'd win 43.
1: Adam did very well. So, that's coming up. Those shows are fun. I know people like those, but today we're grading the Pacers offseason and how we're going to do this is we're going to go move by move and grade them individually and then do it as a whole. We're going to go pre-free agency
0: first. Adam and I already did our grade, so I know what we agree and don't agree on. But well, the first that might one might change though. I might change on you just mid-show for fun.
1: Well, the first one, I know we are not going to change. I mean, I should have put a plus on the end. Uh The first thing the Pacers did this offseason, they fired Nate Bjorkman and they hired Rick Carlisle and that move by itself. Uh, I gave it an A, but let me let me talk about this for a second here. The process of getting here, hiring Nate Bjorkman last year. Yeah, it was an F on the way there. Having him coach the team, having to, to go through this whole season, mulling it over, right? Figuring out, is the embarrassment worth it? Do we try this guy in a non-COVID year, right? We caped for this guy last year, and it was wrong. And so they deserve a lot of credit for swallowing their pride and admitting we effed up, and then hiring a great hire. Rick Carlisle is a great hire. I give that... On its own, an A. The getting their point is an F. So it's a weird move to discuss. But I think as we have both typed
0: down, I mean, hiring at Carlisle seems like at least, you know, we have to see it happen. But right now, I'd give that an A. It's probably the best coaching change of the offseason for any team, right? I agree. Right? Was there a better coach to switch hands? I mean, we'll see if some of well, the, the like... Well, the
1: thing is, like, yeah, the Celtics and Blazers maybe could be if Chauncey yeah, and Jokar right, that, are that, awesome. That, 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 oh,
0: yeah. That's what I was going to say. We don't know about the the new coaches, but like, it seems like on paper that they went from having the arguably 31st best coach in the league. And that's right. Cause there was one coach who coached half a season for the Hawks. There were 30, 31 coaches last year having a top 10 coach, maybe, maybe maybe not maybe out to the top 10, but somewhere in that range. That in itself is a huge, huge improvement. So that should be an a like in every book. And the fact they pulled it off too. I think when they, I don't think they had Carlisle in mind, when they fired Bird, because Carlisle didn't think he was available, but all of a sudden he was there's some other moves that happened. Elsewhere, it seemed like they were trying to wait out for Coach Bud, and which I think wouldn't have been as good as Carlisle, apparently, even though Coach Bud won a championship. I think Carlisle is probably a better coach um, when it comes down to it. So, yeah, it's definitely.
1: every other team that hired a new coach hire a first-time guy?
0: I Give me the name, right? It was Chauncey was hired. In- Chauncey, and, okay, ready? Udoka okay.
1: in Boston. Um, Wes Unseld, first time. Uh, with the Wizards, uh, Jamal Mosley, the Orlando Magic. Magic. That, that's a new one. Uh, I, I feel like I'm missing them. Chauncey with Portland. Did, oh, Jason Kidd Orleans... is not new. Jason Kidd is not new. No, who Although, did New Orleans hire? Uh, new Orleans hired Willie Green. He's new. new. Uh, pulled him from the Suns bench. Yeah, I mean, oh, the only other team who hired a, a coach that had coached before was the Mavs with Jason Kidd. That's pretty interesting.
0: Yeah, and that was an interesting hiring, so. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, for terrible reasons. But anyway. Yeah. So the pay getting the best established coach on the market as well. Also a good thing. So I think that's a, a slam dunk a, and even if that flames out in the most dramatic way possible, which to me is the cl- players and coach clash again for the third season in a row. One coach
0: wins though. in that one, I think okay, one,
1: yes, the coach would win in that argument, not only because of his acumen, but also because the Pacers of front office can go guys, this is the third coach in a row. Like, yeah,
0: this, it, it stops being about the this coaches. is
1: you at the, uh, this is you at this point. Right. So, Yes, that, that is the doomsday scenario, but that's hard for well, – and they're bad, I guess, would be a doomsday scenario. And if they're bad, then, yes, I'm wrong here. And predicting coaching hiring moves can be wrong. But to me, the doomsday scenario is not even necessarily that poor of a reflection of Carlisle, so I give that an A. Let's move on to the
0: roster stuff, if you're ready. Well, so one, one more question on this one. Sure. Um, Money-wise, I know there's no salary cap, so uh, it's not. But, like, do you think, the, like, the money is worth it, right? I mean, it, it seems yeah. like – I don't okay. care. It doesn't matter. Okay. Yes, it's not, <laughs> yeah. It's not your money, right?
1: Yeah. Like, it, it, yeah. It, if, it, if like, here's how I would phrase it. If if, if I learned that them spending that much on Carlisle meant that at some point in two years, they can't sign X good player, yeah, it then it's a problem. It doesn't mean that. But if it, yeah. Well, no, I mean, like, it doesn't mean that from a salary cap standpoint, but I mean, like, if Herb says, like, hey, no, I spent this money a couple of years ago, I'm not spending it here. Like, then maybe you give it some criticism, but I mean no, there's no rules. So no.
0: Yeah. And I, I think the money too kind of guarantees Carlisle a little more stability because it's like yes. kind of shows that he's on par with player in terms of importance because he's paid like a top two coach. There's not paid as much to players, but they paid him like in a, top, a top dollar for coach, which means yep. that like they think he's as important as some of the players.
1: Yeah. So there's two moves in tandem here that I am grading separately, but they're essentially the same, but we'll talk about them separate. We're moving into the Pacers shaping their roster portion of the offseason, right at the beginning of draft night, or I guess in draft night, whatever you want to call it, the Pacers traded pick 54 and 60 and two future second rounders, one from the heat, one from themselves for the 31st pick from the Milwaukee bucks. I gave that value a B plus because I think that for 54 and 60, as Chad Buchanan kind of alluded to uh, when I asked him about this trade, they, they don't mean a lot to the Pacers. So um, depending on how those future seconds pan out, is how this trade will ultimately grade it. But the 31st pick is the best literal pick you can have in the second round. So they basically, if you discount that 54 and 60 are near worthless, they traded two potentially good future seconds for the best possible second right now. I think that's a good value trade. So I give it a B plus.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think we talked about this on before the draft that like they were probably gonna try to consolidate those two picks or yes. take a guy uh, they could stash because they didn't have the roster spots for both second round picks um so i guess it could be a two-way guy to that somebody who wasn't going to be like on the 15-man roster i guess was the thought at least one of those picks so then consolidating them down to one pick even though they had to give up more future seconds i imagine they would be in the same situation going forward right I'm not, there's not going to be a year where they can use three second round picks like i just it would be a really weird situation for that to happen if you're rebuilding essentially so i think giving like, away extra second round picks that you already had are fine because i think second round picks are like oh, some of the most useless things ever basically so so they, they up, gave
1: they gave 2024 20, second uh, and a 2026 20, second that actually isn't even their own really. Uh, it's a part of uh, these giant swaps. Those have now been rerouted to Memphis anyway. But um, yeah, I, I give that trade a, a B plus. I think that value is very good. They then turned and traded 31 and Aaron Holiday for Isaiah Jackson. So here's my trouble with draft picks, and we'll get to the actual picks themselves. Um, but actually, we We I didn't really put the picks on here for a reason. But that value, 31 and a former first for 22, I gave a C plus uh, because 31 could have been pretty good, right? you trading Aaron Holiday move up nine slots seems pretty good. But, you know, that, that, that one's interesting given their cap situation. Maybe I should be a little higher on that. Um, but if Isaiah Jackson pans out, it's going to look awesome. I just I can't grade Isaiah and Duarte right now. Like, it's, it's impossible. They haven't played in the NBA. Well, that'll, that'll come up in future moves as well. So the value there is, is fine. Uh, it's a little above fine to me, so I gave it a C plus.
0: Yeah, so I, I give this one an, an, an A- minus. Um, to quote Dave Sorelli from ford Miller Time Pod guy. They basically turned some loose change into a first-round pick, right? And they took a bunch of seconds that were like 54, 60, and how many years away to get, a, get the 31 pick? And then they took the 31 pick, Aaron Holiday, a player who we weren't sure was in the rotation even, uh, we were concerned about like, you know, where does it go from here with him? Does he get like, if he played out his contract, then it'd just be kind of a walk away to basically restart the rookie timeline on somebody new, which I think is always worth it basically. Uh, Cause second round picks, like I said before, just kind of, to me are not that valuable. Even if they're a 31, if you get a, rook, a guy on a first round pick on a, like a, basically a locked in four year contract, you're, you have, you have a better chance of that being more successful than a second round pick. You could theoretically only sign to a two year deal and you'd be afraid to see right away. Like, Isaiah Jackson is a locked in value number for four years. And that's really good for just cap planning purposes. And you have the potential. He could be a good player at the same time.
1: Yeah. Give the moves in tandem a B. So B plus C plus in the middle. I mean, I I guess technically that's B or B minus, whatever. Um, I love the value of 54, 60 and two future seconds for 31 using Milwaukee's luxury tax concerns to get that high is genius. 31 and Aaron for Isaiah Jackson is close value to me just because 31 could be cheaper than Isaiah. But they, they didn't have plans for Aaron. So it makes sense why they did it. It's just that one could not turn out as well, uh, value wise. And we'll see what happens with the 31st pick, who was um, ah, that G League Ignite guy, whose name is Isaiah Todd. Uh, so we'll see there. I am a little lower on that one on a whole. But I in guess total, to me, I don't know
0: if you can grade on the player that they took there, because like the and that guy, you can't, you can't grade on Isaiah it, right? right. Right.
1: Yeah. yeah. Really if, on, if Isaiah is team. awesome, then this is an a name, right? You're done. Yeah. Uh, The other pre-free agency technically moves because you can sign two ways and minimums and such um, before quote unquote moratorium is over. They signed Dwayne Washington officially to his two way. And then Dejan Giroux uh, as again, reported by Scott to their two way slots. And we'll get to the guys departing uh, from those two way slots in the next segment um, to two ways. And I can't really grade that. You know, we, I think Adam and I just defaulted to C's on stuff. We can't really grade. Neither of those guys have ever played in the NBA. Uh, Dwayne was really good in one summer league game and not as good. in the others D- drew was pretty good for the heat in his summer league stints, but I mean, we've never seen them play in the NBA. So I have no idea
0: how to give those grades. Yeah, I would, I would agree with you. I mean, there's just, there's no way to determine if they're going to be worth it or not. I mean, I guess it's like opportunity costs. So, right. Uh, basically signing uh, drew is a replacement for a cash Stanley. If Stanley becomes a really good player somewhere else, that's going to look really bad. But uh, besides that, I'm not really sure there's that much to it.
1: Agreed. Agreed. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, if they're bad, then you waive them. Uh, it costs nothing to do so. And if they're good, then great. You hit on it. So uh, kind of hard to go too long on those. They signed Tay- Terry Taylor and Kiefer Sykes to camp deals. Uh, if, if, if either of them make their roster, then that gets bumped up a little bit because they're, uh, you know, a minimum player uh, who's on the team for very cheap. You know, that depends on what happens with Keelan Martin. Uh, so then I'd bump that up to like a C plus because they saved some money to get a guy that they liked via camp. So good job on the scouting department there. But again, they've never played in the NBA. Just going off of what we know about them. I mean,
0: it's a C. You can't really say anything else. Yeah, I I would agree. I mean, they probably won't even make the roster. I mean, there's not much to it. Sykes it, could. I think Sykes could. Yeah, maybe. I mean, the, the, the thing it comes down to is like, again, is there somebody out there they missed out on? And that makes it looks better. look better. Make, makes it look worse if this guy especially don't make the roster or don't play. Yeah. I d- yeah. I mean, you never know who was interested in what, like Terrence Davis, who's like the best undrafted free agency story ever, uh, ever
1: is so extreme. Holy cow. But like right after the draft, you know, there's always those bidding work for those guys. And Terrence Davis turns out to be a terrible person in retrospect. So uh, who knows what if the Pacers yeah, actually who's the- or not? But anyway, hang on. Um, they were on the phones trying to get him to like 3 a.m. before he signed with Toronto. So, uh, you know, that, that stuff can just you don't really know what's happening behind the
0: scenes there. Yeah, I mean, who is the, the best undrafted free or free agent or free uh, undrafted player ever? I mean, like, I'm trying to it, was it
1: Manu undrafted? Am I crazy? Who? Manu Ginobili wasn't he undrafted?
0: No, he was late second. There's somebody I'm thinking 57, of. 57. You're was, right. Dang it. Who went undrafted? But I can't think of them at this point. They keep. They, I'm really blanking on who it is. Like, there are a lot of like late seconds that have done really well, right? Like, yeah. Malcolm, Draymond Green.
1: Ben Wallace was undrafted. Van Vliet Okay, Ben undrafted. Wallace. That's the one. Ben Wallace is like the greatest. Bowen.
0: Wes Matthews was undrafted, former Pacer. Yeah, but Ben Wallace is a Hall of Famer, right? So he's probably the yes. best undrafted player. That's who it was. I couldn't think of the name. I knew I'd seen it recently because it's of the Pacers documentary. I just couldn't think of who it
1: was. That's right. That's right. I forgot about that. Timofey Mozgov, who made a bunch of money, was undrafted. And current Pacers backup point guard, TJ McConnell, who we will get to very shortly, went undrafted. He is the first move up when we switch over to the free agency portion of grading the offseason. The first. Take a little break and talk about two awesome groups of people. The first one, the great guys over at SweatBlock who just sent me some deodorant. That is fantastic. What is SweatBlock? They are wipes that help you sweat less. They're doctor-created and doctor-recommended. They work for up to seven days per use. They have a dry shirt guarantee. If they don't keep your shirt dry, you get your money back. Featured and tested on the Rachel Ray Show by firefighters. They're a bestseller on Amazon for the past 10 years with over 13,000 reviews manufactured in the USA. SweatBlock is great. It helps you sweat less, right? Sweating is embarrassing. We all deal with it. I dealt with it at the state fair both times. I went this year. Sometimes when I speak at work, I'm sweaty because I'm a nervous person. Just by me talking very often on podcasts. That's where their antiperspirant wipes come in. They're stronger, more effective than clinical antiperspirants. You apply it before you go to bed. You wake up, wash, go about your day without worrying about sweat. Guarantee it. I know it sounds too good to be true, but you got to try Sweat Block. Go crazy on it. Get it for twenty percent off today at sweatblock.com. Use the promo code locked on, all one word when you check out. You can also get it on Amazon and TVS. Twenty percent off at sweatblock.com with that promo code locked on. And we're also talking about the great folks over at betonline.ag because it's that time of year again. Football is back. Preseason football going on. The Colts just played the Vikings, which for me would have normally been a huge game, but it was a preseason, so it didn't matter. BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. They've got all the odds, props, and contests you could ever want, including their biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's biggest $200,000 NFL survivor contest open now. Plus, they have lines for opening night for basketball. The Pacers are favored to lose by two points. The Charlotte Hornets in their first game on October 20th. Wow! Some revenge action for the playing game. Go check all that out at BetOnline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports when you sign up on bet online you can take advantage of all their great offers available for the 2021 season and if you sign up and use the promo code nfl100 uh you can get a 25 dollar wager refunded and of course if you use the promo code locked on they will match your deposit up to 100 percent BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts okay the free agency part the part that people care a little more about for the grades. We'll go again chronologically of reporting, not of actual signing, uh, although everything that has been reported is now done. So first up, TJ McConnell, four years, $35.2 million, $29 million of that is guaranteed the last year, only $5 million guaranteed. So it could be three years, $29 million. could be four years, $35.2 million. it could be four years, 32000000 million, it doesn't matter. That's the parameters. Adam, you can go first. What do you give this deal?
0: I think it's a C minus. I think they were backed into this move, unfortunately, because they just didn't develop their young point guard, who they wanted to be the backup point guard for the future or somewhere in that range. And not that McConnell's a bad player, but I don't think he's shown a ton of like playoff success yet, uh, at least for the Pacers. Does,
1: does does failing to develop Aaron Holiday change the grade of this move?
0: It does because I feel they're, like I said, they're backed into this move to probably overpay McConnell. A little they were bit. backed
1: into hiring a, a a new head coach. We didn't we didn't
0: ding them there. Well, we kind of did. Didn't we, we call an F on the way we there? Called
1: that two separate moves.
0: <laughs> yeah, but to me, they, it, it goes. You look at it. It was backed into overpaying McConnell. Because
1: right? if, if if I could also do that, if I thought about why, they, I don't think it's an overpay first of all. But if I thought about why they gave him a little bit, a tiny bit more than we predicted, then I ding it down. But I can't. Like, using that is certainly a discussion, right? The reason they have to do that is certainly a discussion. But on the move by itself, I don't know if I can include that. Yeah, but that's what
0: I mean. It's an overpay, and so they're backed. To me, it's a little bit of overpay, frankly. I mean, I think, in general, paying what ended up being probably like, let's call it, what do you think, $9 million, give or take, for a 30-year-old point guard who, again, again isn't really shown a ton of playoff success, uh, is kind of scary. And they were forced to do it because they didn't develop a backup point guard. So,
1: um, so Probably we, so I, I guess the great. difference is just that I don't view it as an overpay, uh, barely. So it, you know, we talked about this, but he basically got the market value that all these other backup point cards got, right? Like Reggie Jackson got over 10 million per year, Derrick Rose got way over 10 million per year, Devontae Graham, those guys are gonna be starters now, but still, um, you know, Corey Joseph got like six million per year, Ish Smith got like five million per year, he's better, way better than Ish Smith and Corey Joseph, right? So I think. Market value, he got like right at it. But you don't get props for signing a market value deal, right? So I yeah. can't like fling them up. I give him a C plus. I, I should have done the grade first. Again, the the value here is not good. To me, I give it a C plus because it was their biggest position of need, was a good backup point guard. And they got a guy who is good and fits into their system really well. They know that. Or else, Fits, in their, fits within their team really well. I guess we don't know how he fits in the system, but uh, yeah, I think he's a good player. So I think that they got a good player who fit their biggest need once they traded away Aaron Holiday, uh, which again, co- it, it will package that, that packages into the total and we have a total grade coming at the end. But I think this move by itself, I give a C plus.
0: Yeah, I mean, so I, I guess my point would be is like, they paid the market rate, but ideally if you could have an ideal backup punk guard, you want somebody a little better, right? So like that's where it becomes the problem, is like how you many like what? How like many be better
1: backups team? are there?
0: Well, so the point <laughs> One, the point two. I would two. be is you would like to have been in a position where you had developed somebody where maybe you had to pay more, but you paid more for a better player because you weren't in that situation, right? I'm not saying there's anybody out there was better. There probably isn't. I didn't but get the whole
1: it, league, not even free agents. How many better backup point guards are there? Um I, 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 don't I don't even not, that 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 was not critique of I don't know. That was a critique of your thought of McConnell. That's surprising to me.
0: I mean, do you think he's the best backup point guard in the league, I guess?
1: Top three to five, yeah, definitely. Mm,
0: I guess, maybe. <laughs> yes. I don't I, know. Do. I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like I feel like he has some Very real limited players,
1: sure, but one of the best. Yeah, I think he has bank. some real
0: flaws in the playoffs, and that's what concerns me, I guess. But I guess maybe you don't need uh, to. Love all, I love
1: now. all those bench players that don't have playoff flaws.
0: No, but I think, again, <laughs> I, mean, I think he would say if you could ideally have run the situation again, you would let McConnell – walk because you had to develop back like, a point guard in, in Aaron Holiday and you use his money for something else maybe you sure. use to go get McDermott and that, I that's all that... I mean is that like there is some issue there's some the team as a whole was the signing is like is not is definitely on the market level but it just like as a team move it's sort of a, a, an okay move I guess I think we need be, to be there'd be a better scenario so I, I think that go.
1: failure to develop Aaron Holiday D right they deserve that
0: but if we're doing yeah. that then we
1: have to go back to Carlisle and give that like a B or a B
0: minus right I mean, you can make a case that yeah, happy to be there is kind we're, of. We're scary. stacking.
1: I, it's hard to stack some stuff, not other stuff. You know, I. Yeah, anyway. but, I would, but I think you could. But I
0: think you can like you can stack the, the the player stuff because the case you can make with Carlisle is, last offseason they could have hired Carlisle, they would have done it, right? And it would have been an A, right? So it's not like they got to the right at at the end of it versus like what is probably the best case scenario. Like there was nothing, but I'm I think there was a better scenario out there if they had done a better job developing their backup point guard, I guess.
1: Suppose I suppose. Uh, developing Aaron Holiday will include in here as a D because they did a
0: terrible job with that.
1: Next up, Tori Craig. Probably an
0: F, to be honest. Yeah, seriously.
1: Eh, he had a good little stint with McMillan that second year. tory Craig officially signs. You guys can stop asking me why it hasn't happened yet. It's just a sequencing thing. They use the MLA to do it. We'll get the official details soon enough. Tori Craig, two years, ten million, fully guaranteed per Scott Agnes of Fieldhouse files. This is the first one. Second one.
0: You have a higher grade than me on. Why do you have a
1: B uh what? tell them you're great, Adam? Why do you have your grade?
0: Oh, a, a B minus for Tori yeah, Craig? Yeah. I think I got good value at that. And they got a uh three slash four, and that's what you know every team kind of wants and everything. So I don't know. I think it's like not a bad move. Now I guess what we'll to see how it plays out, but I, I grade a little higher because I thought it was it was a good value deal for what they're, I, they're in the market.
1: I like Tori Craig. I have a C right now, and I'm considering bumping this to C plus. Hey, uh
0: neutral. I, I mean, it's so I like
1: Tori Craig, point. I think he's good. If he's in the rotation and playing every game, this goes up because a five million dollar bench player who I think is good, that's a good signing. If he's not in the rotation, that seems like not a good use of resources to me. So maybe saying a C is unfair um, because I don't know what they're going to be spending the money on actually. But building their rotation is very hard. And even in the rosiest possible scenario, I could give Tori Craig, it was like 12 minutes a game. And so to that I say a C. But if they're using him differently than I envision, which is possible, they did that with Justin Holiday, also, right? Uh, then it's better than that. So it depends how it is, right? And, and if signing him causes them to play Duarte less, that's bad. Uh, if signing him causes them to play Goga less, that might be bad. That might be fine. So I think Tory Craig, two years, 10 million, the move is a seed.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that's fine to call it neutral value. I just think being able to get like a, a three slash four You just just want as many of those as possible and they're able to get one for a value that that wasn't like, that kind of just fits into into the money they had available, basically. I'm actually bumping up to a C plus
1: while we're talking because I, I, I said this on the pod before, but I forgot all day when I was thinking about this, that like really their biggest weakness last year was like these bigger, stronger forwards just cooked them, right? Like like Mikael Bridges and OG Ananobi at 30 point games oh. against the Pacers. You have Torrey Craig on that guy for 15 minutes and it's harder for them to score. So they did address their biggest need, even if he's only playing 10 minutes a game guarding that guy, that's really helpful. So I suppose that if that stunts development or it's a small overpay, right, his offensive game is, is not very good. Um, that doesn't really matter as much if he helps one of your biggest weaknesses. So I go to C plus there.
0: Yeah, I think, I think we're, we're like basically at the same grade. Like I would give it an 80% you're probably going to 78% if we're doing like my a grade, not that far off.
1: Our biggest discrepancy. Let's go.
0: Yes, Next this up, good.
1: losing Doug McDermott, three years, forty-two million via sign and trade to the Spurs for the trade exception. So we have a huge discrepancy here, and I'll go first. I should give this a TBD, uh, but I gave it a B minus. I thought McDermott was very important to keep, but they couldn't afford that number. So we have to backtrack again. This is another one where the process to get to where they are. Is a big factor in the grade and hence your D, I would say. Because holistically, not having enough money to keep it a very important player, their shooting is worse. Uh, that's bad, and you get a D for that. And I think that three or 42 million is about right for McDermott. So letting him walk for that alone, I would have given a C. I gave it a bumped it up to a B minus because if they use that trade exception for any positive value, that's great. Then it then you lose McDermott for positive value, that bumps you up to a B minus. But they lost them because they're gonna pay the luxury wouldn't didn't want to pay the luxury tax and that deserves some heat. You know what? You're right. I'm gonna give that a C. I'm bumping it down to a C because I'm not paying. So the luxury okay, tax, I'm gonna do what you hate. Me.
0: I'm gonna do what you hate here. I'm gonna stack a bunch of things up and <laughs> explain. How I got to a D. Okay, so Tory Craig with T.J. McConnell equals about Doug McDermott what he signed for, right? Give or take about a million yep. or two off, right? I mean, it's you can make it work if you you get three for forty. Oh, no, McDermott with, got more than those two. Yeah, uh, on a per
1: year basis, it's close, right? He is fourteen million per year, and those two in their highest year next year will be at next about year thirteen.
0: So okay, it's it it did range right. He got a flat fourteen, but you could have done a raising situation right, and you probably get the, the actual end dollar amount um, if I'm thinking about it correctly. Am I my math right there? Probably uh, close enough. Right, you're, you're close. Right, so you could have theoretically signed McDermott if you didn't need a backup point guard. Right, if you had a backup punker developed now. Granted, that's $4 dollars. So now maybe get all screwed up. But like the point is the D is I think losing McDermott's a big deal. He is a he it is an am is. amazing spacer. And I, I in a in a there's a world where if they had a good backup point guard. I would rather have him over McConnell and Craig combined, frankly, just because he's that good of a shooter. And that's why losing him is gonna hurt because I'm not sure. Now if Torrey Craig comes next year, shoots 40% from three on three attempts, or whatever fine then now this this all of a sudden goes away and Dermott maybe goes to the Spurs and can't shoot more than 35 percent sure I definitely would trade my grade but right now losing Dermott's just huge because he is like was it was their best shooter the past two seasons and really losing that is like really rough I think my b-
1: minus is is a good reflection of my cap brain just being like oh this gives them so many options that they didn't have but Yes, not paying the luxury tax should not be a good thing. So I bumped it down. Um, but yeah, you know that that's all fair stuff. You know, Aaron Holiday is really dictating your uh, your grades today.
0: Well, I, I <laughs> it think was a bad pick in retrospect. No, it is. I mean, so was the Leaf one. I mean, I think there's just like some stacking things here that led to some situations, right? I, I and in a way that I think plays more. Paul George of a, and
1: break his leg played for Team USA. Okay, this right. would be i I'm, I'm, I'm trying <laughs> to
0: be, but I, I I do think you can see some direct ties. Right, it's not like yes. this like. This like nine degrees the Paul George's broken leg. It's like you directly see the fact that they drafted Aaron Holiday and didn't develop. Now, I don't, you know, I think you took that in a leaf years, both those years. They just didn't develop a backup point guard there. That's a the reason they had to resign McConnell instead of McDermott and so on. And that's like there's some direct ties versus the Paul George broken leg
1: scenario. This is not heat for your thinking because we talked about it with, with Carlisle. Like we gave the hiring an A, but if you go to the whole process of getting here, it's like probably a C or worse. But like uh, this is one of the things that drives me crazy with trade analysis is like people kill the Pacers for the Kawhi Leonard trade, right? Obviously they should. They traded away Kawhi Leonard, who became amazing. But then they get so much props for the, for the Old Depot trade. It's like it's like you you have to give. It, it's weird to me that we we think about the way we think about trades. Like some trades, you think about the value at the time, and other trades, you think about how it turned out and it, you have to, I guess those two trades are bad examples because you always think about how it turned out. But like in general, I feel like that's a bad way to think about it. You have to stick to one or the other. And I think how it turned out is usually the better analysis, but you know, you, you have to, you have to figure out what you're balancing here. But I I think I agree that it's worth talking about why the Pacers got to the situation they're in and the McDermott when I was too high in general, but sometimes you have to separate it. We're basically, uh, to,
0: you know, we're like, We're just barely off on grades here, right? Yes, we're We're very close. Like we're we're debating grades that are like basically like if you were doing a test, probably just getting like one or two questions right or wrong, right? So it's not like we're that far off. Yeah,
1: but I always get them right and you always get them wrong.
0: Okay. All right. Move on (laughs) to the
1: ad break, man. So now the other stuff. No, no, no. We're not ad breaking it. We're going to do one more before that? Okay. We're doing all of these until the total uh, before this ad break. Uh, Okay. The other stuff is a lot more minor. Uh, Losing Jakar Sampson. Probably I just put NA, but if I had to give it a grade B plus, whatever. They're basically replaced his roster spot with Isaiah Jackson, which is a a good move. So that's fine. Good job.
0: Yeah, just read 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 read, read off the the four or five. They could bring him off. back
1: on Keelan's spot, and that's why you know it's NA slash B plus. And I, if they, I would rather have him than Keelan. I think. Um, so that's B plus. Losing Cassius and Amida Brima, we both put A. Yeah yeah i mean if cash again pop somewhere else
0: then you know you. am Prima right can't shoot and he's he can't and he's not talking to play center so i can't really... catch the ball that's his biggest problem he no hands. he's a
1: very good defensive player but he just has no yeah. hands i mean yeah. they yeah they added isaiah again uh similarly seems
0: to not be that good i mean i i guess like we'll see i guess where he ends up next year but it seems like he's uh He's just, this wasn't a good, I mean, you know, it was a, a second round pick chance that's not going to work out shockingly. So there's a
1: few other stuff that's TBD that we can't really grade, but we can kind of talk about Keelan Martin's roster spot is TBD. Uh, if they lose him, I think at worst case, I give him a B if they sign a more expensive minimum veteran, but if they keep him, that's fine. Uh, if they lose him, that's fine. I mean, he's a minimum guy. I can't, I mean, it doesn't matter. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I, I think the reason I, I waited to kind of an A, actually, not the signing, but the way they dealt with it, has been pretty. Yes, good. they
1: have done a great job with it so far.
0: They've kept their. And that's how those. I grade it right now because it's not done yet. We'll right. we'll see what we'll. Pushing see what back
1: is guaranteed. It I give that an A. It's hard to convince agencies to do
0: that. Yeah, and if they might push back again too. That'd be be another A.
1: Depending on what happens with Keelan, they either have one or two more camp spots. That's a TBD, right? So we could grade those in the future. This, But if it's anything like Taylor Terry and Ke- Terry Taylor, I just said his name backwards, and Kiefer Sykes, I mean, it's a C, right? Um, those guys will probably end up with Fort Wayne. Maybe it's someone who competes for the last roster spot if Keelan gets cut, which could bump it up slightly, but that's basically a TBD grade. I don't have anything to say about that.
0: Yeah, we'll see what they do with it, frankly. I mean, the reason I put A's down just because they, they seem to be like... If their goal is to hold the spots open and to sort of do like what they're and get a minimum guy eventually in there or whatnot, um, or like a partial guarantee, I guess they're doing that correctly. I guess
1: I would guess that their goal is to push Keelan's guarantee date back to within the season, and if that's they're able to it, do yeah. that, then they're basically having an open competition for the last roster spot. And in that case, I mean, I give all that an A because yeah, I mean, you know, that's and, that, and that's why I say right now that's not a possibility. That's a good I'd way like, to do it to me. Give it an I mean, A. The right last now. thing, is, there's two things that have to still happen. Um, they're gonna have to cut salary. Like like I know we're I know we're pretending like they might do it, but they're going to do it. Like they're bonus. There's absolutely no way 100%. they don't end up. A,
0: I mean, unless the team stinks next year, they're gonna hit a bonus for sure. oh yeah, they're they're they are almost a near lock
1: to make a trade deadline trade. But I I we can't grade that yet. There's two things we can't grade yet, and we'll talk about those after the total. But let's move on. Let's talk about our total offseason grade holistically, start to finish for the Pacers. But first, let's talk about the great folks over at rockauto.com who are bringing you this episode because they are the best place for your car part buying experience. There's so many makes and models for your vehicle. It's so hard for your local chain auto parts store to stock everything you would need. You got to go in there and find it in the store. It's a pain. It's never in the section you want. Then they order it. Then you got to go get it. It sucks, but you know what doesn't suck? Rockauto.com. It's right at your house. It's right in your pocket if you have a phone. And you can save time and money when you use it. You can save 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts, depending on what you're getting. They're a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Their prices are always reliably low. They have everything you could ever need. Motor oil, tail lamps, brake parts, new carpet. You got it. They can get it at rockauto.com. Go explore their easy-to-use website today. Find the solution for your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car, for your truck, Write Locked On in there. How did you hear about us, Fox? So they know that we sent you from Locked On Pacers, amazing selection, reliable prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Okay, so I, we did a lot of TBD stuff at the end. And I think before we give the total offseason grade item, we had to talk about their two TBD items. We just did one though. Uh, because that you put three grades down in theory that could change given stuff that could happen. I just want
0: so. to with you, to be honest.
1: <laughs> so we talked about one already, right? Whether it's Jeremy Lamb, whether it's maybe Miles Turner traded for other impact players, maybe they find a way to get off, or they have their last roster spot be a non-guaranteed guy. Maybe they trade Goga, go, whatever. We've run through the, the candidates a million times. Whatever their trade slash move is to get off some salary so they stay under the tax. That has not happened yet. And again, fans should not be happy that the team is ducking the and making decisions as such, but it's a consideration. Uh, So something else will happen that we don't know and that we cannot grade or equate into our off-season grade because we don't know what it is. We just don't know. The other thing, we're going to do a whole pod about this. They have several. uh, I believe Friday we're doing this podcast, and I'll write an article about it so you guys can understand the rules of it better. Several extension-eligible players, six or seven I believe, uh, we'll again talk about that on Friday. And for a few of them, it actually makes some sense that extensions could happen, and that would change the grade, right? If if some of those guys get max extensions, they'll be overpaid, some of them could take an undervalued extension. Who knows? If an extension happens for any of their vets, that would also change my offseason grade. So, this is a grade for me, given what they have done so far. If we zoom out as far as possible, out would be Doug McDermott, Jakar Sampson, Aaron Holiday, and in those spots is Chris Duarte. Isaiah Jackson and Torrey Craig, and then out Nate and in Rick Carlisle. Adam, you go first. What is your total? Pacers offseason grade.
0: So this this is tough. Okay, so I, it is tough. I lean towards better than a C plus. So um, <laughs> well, why, why is that your benchmark, Adam? I'm sorry, I ruined it for you. <laughs> I realized I just I realized that I said I did that. Okay, so I I'm mean, by the way I, I lean towards closer to an A A minus a- than like a B. Wow. So and I'll explain. Wow. I, I think the Rick Carlisle hiring in itself is huge. Um, I mean, they, it took them two seasons, but they finally got a coach who I think is one of the 10, 15 best coaches. I think really one of the 10 best coaches in the league. Um, you know, I think Dan Tony would have been a good hire two seasons ago. That was the one out, you know, they paid the kind of money we thought they'd have to pay for Dan Tony at the time. So that seems like that could have been had, but they got there finally, right. Instead of just doubling down on Bjorkman, they went with the coach who is really good. So that, that in itself like boosts this up. In uh, the same time, they didn't make a lot of changes that I actually think is okay, right? They only really they lost one player and re-signed one and like of like guys who will play in the rotation, right? The rest of it, their top seven is pretty much the exact same year year over year, which I think is good. Uh when they say healthy. And I think the team, you know, if they're healthy, is a top six team in the East. And that's just that's that's good. If that's like that's their goal. So that should be considered kind of a, I would say probably in a minus to B plus range.
1: Okay. That's all fair. Okay. I, as Adam alluded to, have a C plus down uh, for their offseason grade. So if you go back a few weeks, uh, we did a show talking about was Rick Carlisle, the biggest move of the Pacers summer, right? And we both were kind of like, yeah, maybe. Um, yeah, not yeah, maybe. I
0: think we both said definitely. Yeah, didn't
1: we? yeah. So with that in mind, I think it's above average. They got the biggest upgrade they needed. I think on a player swap basis, Aaron Holiday, Doug McDermott, Jakar for Craig McConnell, Duarte, Isaiah Jackson, I guess McConnell's a resigning. That's about, that's probably an upgrade ever so slightly to your long term status. So those two things seem like good boost. C plus maybe feels a little critical. I'm going with the C plus because they did not do the future Pacers any favors this summer. And they didn't have a lot of wiggle room to do so. But, you know, if they say they keep TJ Warren next year, say they really resign him, then they all are almost out of money to keep Miles Turner, right? And who knows what happens with Miles by then. And if they keep Miles, then they're going to be almost out of money to keep Sabonis, right? Like eventually you have to find a way to be able to keep your own guys or to be able to maneuver your team in a way to get substantially better in the future. They have the trade ammo. That's great. But on the cap sheet wise, they didn't do themselves a lot of favors. I'm, I was pretty surprised. You know, I think Torrey Craig's good. And I, again, I gave that DLC plus, but I was pretty surprised that, you know, they, they didn't sign any one year deals this summer. I talked about that on our pre free agency show that I thought they might chase one year deals, just for the flexibility it could give them in the future. I know no player wants one-year deals, but like next free agency class is pretty bad. Like TJ Warren might get pretty expensive, right? Miles could pop under Carlisle. We've said this for a hundred coaches, right? I'm just surmising a bad scenario for the Pacers. Like they're going, they might just have to lose someone that they can't really trade or they're forced to trade for a money situation in the future. That's part of why I give them a C plus. The McDermott grade is based on a sign of trade, but you gave it a D, right? Just losing him straight up, that's bad, right? Even if there are some bumps that give them above average to me. They didn't do the future pacers enough services to give me to, for me to bump them into the B or a range.
0: Right. And the they coach, if, man, I mean, just, if, I think that's so much. The coach is so much. The coach
1: is so much. I, I think that that's, that's where I could be too low. Like if Carlisle comes in and he, and his system is awesome for this team, right? And it's been awesome for a lot of teams. Uh a lot of different styles of teams that he's Dallas always team.
0: overachieved, if it feels like now the teams have not he's only had one regular season pool. wise, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. He only had one great team. We we were talking about it, right? He hasn't won a playoff series since the NBA finals. Yeah. But you go through those teams, none of that's surprising. <laughs> I mean, the, the I teams post. are there was one been,
1: year they should have won, right? Uh I forget which one it was. First post-year that, that maybe we thought that? It was one season. That, they were there always the lower seed except for once. They lost once as the higher seed. Okay. But like most but they also they can- lost, like, a 50-win team. Anyway. Um, yeah. Yeah, th- th- he could be the bump that makes C-plus look dumb. But that was a long rant to say. I don't think they did the future Pacers. Uh, like, like next summer, we're going to be talking about similar stuff of, like, oh, the tax is a concern. They can't resign. <laughs> like, it, it's yep. just going to be like a never-ending cycle almost at, at some point. So... I don't think they quite did the future Pacers enough favors, but I still think the moves they made by themselves, none of them are worse than a C plus, right? So C plus is my, is my grade.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I think they, I mean, they got some picks. They got, they got two first round picks. So they did set them up in the sense that both. And it's helpful but, for the future, pacers. but that is helpful for the future. I mean, um, if those guys
1: are terrible. Then it's not helpful for the future. Yeah. That's I mean,
0: problem. I, I agree. They basically answered their most pressing question, but not the next like three, right? The most pressing question was, could, going the off season was, could they, would they keep York in? Would they change coaches? Then it was like center, center stuff, maybe Brogdon stuff, kind of like Warren stuff, right? That, that was where the next kind of questions lied and they didn't solve any of those. Um, but I don't know if they go next off season with the same kind of like minimal problems as I think that the being in the tax ranges, frankly, right. It's not like, like you can get close to it and you have to make a movie, make a move. But like, I think they kept some of the talent on the roster. They, they didn't, they didn't make a move where I felt like, I mean, I guess McDermott's the one where they really lost talent because of the luxury tax, but um they haven't made like they didn't lose a like a top, like I said, a top six or seven player on the team because they weren't willing really to pay the tax. They lost a the guy on the fringe who you can make a case at 30 years old that you didn't want to pay that kind of money to, anyways. Yeah, I mean, I thought I thought he was their most important free agent, but I get the money. You know. Oh, he was, but like is he there, was was he probably there? I mean, if we take the healthy roster, is he the seventh most important player on the team? About Eighth? yes. Right. So the top, no, five. again, role
1: players on a 34 one team. Right. What are we doing? Right.
0: Yeah. No, I'm, that's what I mean. Like they're, they're top five. And then I think Justin it out to the sixth. And then I think you make a case for McConnell or him. Or now you might be a case for like one of the draft picks being that kind of player. But that's about it to me. I mean, that's like where the roster kind of lies. And if Duarte or Jackson are awesome, like really quickly, then they did do the future Pacers
1: credit because they don't need some of the guys we'd be talking about as much. Really? Like next, they walk into next summer with the same team, basically, and they have to go, okay. You know what do we want to do with Lamb if he's still there? What do we want to do with Warren? Oh my gosh, Karis Levert's expiring. Oh my gosh, Miles Turner's expiring. We got to figure this stuff out. Do we need a clear salary to keep those guys? Oh look, Torrey Craig only makes five million. Like all this stuff is coming up again in a year. So again, good stuff right now. I I think every move individually it made sense to me. I liked the values. I think next year we'll go. Oh you know okay, like if they had and I know we don't we don't ever know what trade offers are available to teams. So you can't really criticize what they don't do ever. I don't think that's ever really fair unless something obvious, like we know they had interest in this guy and then it couldn't have whatever, like not trading Jeremy lamb at the last trade deadline still seems like a big misstep to me. But again, I don't know if that was even possible, but that is why I give them a C plus.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I just, the coach, man. Yeah. Coach, yeah it could be, I mean, that is such a change. I mean, they, they, they walked, they took four steps backwards to finally get them going six steps forward, right? When they, when they got rid of Bjorkman, not very well, when they got rid of McMillan, we were talking about the kind of coach they needed and Carlisle fit that perfectly. They, That's just, true. Had to, they, they, they just had to be knocked on their ass basically to, get, to finally, <laughs> to finally move past the, McMillan, who honestly, honestly, with the top four coach last year, right? And he was one of the best, so maybe we're wrong overall, but yeah, I mean, I just really like the Carlisle hiring more than anything.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of potential sway, which I think is interesting,
0: uh, right? Like if their draft picks suck and Carla doesn't gel with this team, well, we're gonna look back and go, "Wow, that you know that." Or a lot if of- the centers thing blows up in their face finally, I mean, it could, right?
1: <laughs> It'll have to eventually, I suppose.
0: Well, I mean, like like next year, could we see the situation where like I'm trying to, I, mean, I guess we're like Sabonis. Is like this amazing offensive player, but he just keeps getting destroyed defensively because he can't. They're just playing so much four out there. I don't know. I mean, that's, that's where I can find. And there, or do they bubble up intention wise? Fine. Do we get the like one of them demands a trade because they don't, they, they're sick of playing with the other one kind of thing?
1: Well, if that happens, uh, one of them has only got two years left on their deal. So we uh, can kind of muse where that's headed at this point. So there's still some TBD stuff, which I say to say, there will be a few more. Uh, like off-season-ish pods, right? Like Friday, like I said, we're going to talk about extensions, who's eligible, what should they get next Monday. We'll be very close to Keelan's guarantee date. We'll talk about that. Uh, the official Craig contract, I'm sure I'll have numbers by then. Uh, their new two-way guy, maybe they'll figure out their camp guy by then. So there's still a couple off-season pods we have to do, but a lot of the stuff we do going forward will be either looking back at mistakes we've made in the past uh, and looking forward at next year, seeing what next year's Pacers would look like including on Wednesday, when we're going to try to build the Pacers rotation for next year, which is a very hard exercise. So stick around for that. And Adam, before I ask you to talk, I'll say one more thing. Last Friday's show, I had guys who covered Isaiah Jackson, Chris Duarte, and Torrey Craig at their last stop come on and talk about the players at those stops. Uh, I only am plugging that show because an unusually high number of people said they really liked it and learned a lot. So if you would like to learn more about those players, go listen to that. Adam, do you have anything else today?
0: No, I, I think the Pacers off season was surprisingly uh, newsy. If that makes sense, right? It was like, it was they did a lot of little things after the coaching's big, and so it it when you take a step back and look at it, you kind of realize oh they didn't make a lot of moves. Even though like I think they didn't make a trade that was something that we thought could happen um, for one of the centers, they didn't do that. But the the coach thing, they they made some minor tweaks to their roster, and they they got first round basically two first round picks or a extra first round pick out of a bunch of stuff they didn't need. So. It was like I, I suppose there's vol- volatility, but it's very hard for this offseason to be catastrophically bad, right? It's very hard to no see. And, and we've seen what every other offseason. Uh Christian last Bale- year's
1: was catastrophically bad. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean uh right every last other year, off season, right? Every other pitcher offseason's been really good, right? There was the the, the Collison Tyreek um, Summer was bad. Yeah, Collison Boeing was good, Tyreek was bad, then Tyreek they, McDermott was not good, then the, the Brogdon one was good great and bad this one's every i'm saying every other year <laughs> the offseason so maybe the, we'll
1: the worst case what's the worst case scenario for this offseason you know th- just you know what this is not relevant for the show we just did the grades thank you guys so much for listening if you want to tell me what you think the pacers worst case scenario for their offseason is i'm on twitter at t east NBA. adam is at freedom adam five this podcast is at locked on pacers thank you guys a ton for listening I'll be back wednesday to build a rotation and we'll see you then